Super Talk Mississippi media production. This is Thunder and Lightning here on Super Talk Mississippi. Brian Haydad and Joel T. Coleman with you on a Tuesday morning. We are glad to be with you. We are just days away from college football and just days away, you know, week and some change away from Mississippi State college football. It is almost, almost here. Just stay with us. Stay with us until then. Don't go outside and do anything dumb. Don't take any risks. Don't be a daredevil. Make it to another football season. You owe it to yourself. You've gotten this far. Mississippi State will take the field against a college football program where each member of the team will be $50 more so in the hole. Yeah. Because they have to donate to their own. They will be They will be playing against boosters. <laughs> is, I mean, this, is that I, still a thing? Did they ever go I back think, and I think say that's what they're not going to do it? Yeah, okay, so it, never mind. I, I was trying to figure out, I was like, so if I'm a, if I pay, you and I are on the team and I'm a booster and then I buy you lunch, is that, is that an impermissible benefit? <laughs> we didn't have a pre-existing relationship. You know, if you came from Texas and I came from Alabama, I didn't know you until you were on the team. Or better yet, you know, it stayed. I guess they do this about everywhere. What if I give you a ride? Well, I mean, you know, when prospects come in, they have like big brothers or what. I don't know what they call them. Now you've got a booster holding, hosting That's a recruit. right. That's right. Impermissible. That's whole, I hadn't thought about that. That's a good Troll T, that's a good one. I hadn't thought about that. All right. NCAA, man. Just don't even get me started. You know what? I'll shut up about the NCAA if they'll just give me NCAA football back on PS4. You're right. I would it's I would fine. stop complaining. You do whatever you want to do from that point forward. Yeah. I mean, you can be as hypocritical as you want. We don't care. Uh, thank you guys for listening. We appreciate it. If you're at supertalk.fm or anywhere you're picking up your podcast, we are always appreciative of you guys listening, especially our great servicemen and women out there protecting us and protecting freedom across the globe. I want to thank our sponsor, Strange Brew Coffeehouse and Churn and Spoon Ice Cream. It's so hot outside. It's just so hot. You need to go to Strange Brew or to Turn and Spoon just to cool off. Go in there, get yourself an iced albino squirrel, perhaps. They're, I think that's their signature drink. I think that's that's their number one. Yep, but if you've got your AC kicking mm-hmm. and you want to go ahead and get some blueberry cobbler like I do. You can do that, too. You do that, too. You can and do that, too. You can't go wrong. And then, you know, maybe treat, your, treat yourself to a delicious sundae or milkshake over at a... Strange Brew. I'm sorry, no, Turn and Spoon Ice Cream. You cannot go wrong when you go there. You know, actually, though, as we speak, oh, no, it's back open now. Yeah, they were down for a little while there. They they, uh, they closed for about an hour and a half, two hours on Monday night to yeah. uh, celebrate the services of their baristas and all the people that work. Brewistas. Brewistas. Yeah. Uh, and all the people that work, I guess, at Churn and Spoon, too, and things. So uh, I don't know if any of those guys and gals listen to us, but if you do, mm-hmm. thank you. Yeah, Not go. just for your listenership, but for the loving hands that make my blueberry cobbler. That's the other thing about and, Strange Brew. The, stra- the service, service is great. Really They're is. always really nice people. Yeah, all right. And our good buddy, Greg Ellis, his daughter, she comes through for me all the time. Over there. She knows what I get now. Oh, she I don't works have there? To say, I, don't I didn't have to say know that. Anything. Okay. So if you're listening, appreciate you. Very good. All right. We got a good show for you lined up. We finally hit the SEC preview that you're most interested in. We're going to talk about MSU and give our predictions for that season. We still have the media poll to put together. I'm still waiting on a few guys uh, to send me their, their, their picks. We'll worry about that when it all comes together. Um, we have, speaking of picks, it is week zero. There is an SEC game this week. We will get the competition started. The second annual Brian versus Joel Brawl for It All Showdown. Hell in a Cell, Steel Cage, Three Stages of Hell, Bull Whip, Dog Collar, Coal Miner on a glo- Scaffold, Coal Miner's Glove on a Pole, <laughs> Match to the Death. 
Oh my goodness! I got to remember everything I just said. I'm gonna make it. I'll make a, a a flyer or something. Make a, post, a poster. And it couldn't begin with a much better, more appropriate game with two former MSU coaches. Folks, it's Florida. It's Miami. It's Danny versus Manny. I, that is such. A, I cannot believe they're not getting. We're not getting more publicity for that. That needs to happen. We're gonna make that happen for you. But first, Joel came up with this great topic last week. I think it's a good one. Let's let's talk about it. We have hit. Tommy Stevens, Kylan Hill, Chauncey Rivers, Errol Thompson. We've hit those guys to death for the past three months. Who have we not talked about? This is your topic. You go first. Who is somebody flying under the radar for you this season? I don't know that this will be an individual that's going to get a ton of yardage, that's going to score a ton of touchdowns. But holy cow. And this one is, I'm talking about this one first because it's fresh on my mind because it was all we heard all day today. And we heard it some on Saturday, too. Mm-hmm. Lee Witherspoon's going to play. Okay. And he's, when you have three different players stand at the podium or talk to media members today and compare a true freshman that rushed for 3,000-plus yards, by the way, last year in high school, compares him to uh, Nick Chubb, my ears perk up a little bit. Yeah. I mean, if those are the comparisons you're drawing and your college career began – just weeks ago, I mean, something's going on there. And and we heard that he, he performed well in the last scrimmage on Saturday, that he scored a touchdown. I mean, it, you know, Kareem Walker, apparently, I, I don't want to say he's, he's not, not coming, coming, but it doesn't I'll sound like he's it. coming. He's not coming. And so you can count him out. Alec Murphy, a guy that I really like from a, from a personal standpoint, seems like a guy that will do anything that you ask him to mm-hmm. do. Um but for all intents and purposes, it seems like Lee has come right in and hopped right over Alec. Yeah. Um, that that just says a lot. That this guy has not only leapt all the way to number three on the depth chart behind Colin Hill and, and Nick Gibson, but he has leapt to number three on the depth chart and is impressing the two ahead of him so much so that they're like, yeah, he's going to play a good bit, it seems like. so. Nick Chubb is not your everyday comparison. No. He had said... He reminds me a lot of Harris Williams, or he reminds me a lot of. I'm trying to think of like a, a good running back, you know, you know, at Ole Miss, Scotty Phillips. You know, I mean, like oh, that's, that's he must be pretty good. You threw out Nick Chubb, yeah, maybe of the last decade, the best running back in the SEC. I mean, yeah, yeah, him, him and Fournette, Fournette. yeah, that's um, your top two. But if I'd have told you, or if I'd have asked you, what a, if a I month, told you? What if I told you a month or two ago, if I'd have asked you? You know who's going to have the of MSU's running backs? Who's going to have the third most rushing yardage on the team behind Colin Hill and and Nick Gibson? I don't know who I would have guessed, but I don't think I would have guessed Wither, Witherspoon. I, I, I thought he might have redshirted. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I would have. Quite frankly, I'd probably guess Walker, who I don't think is going to. He's not coming. Be here, but I mean, you, you I'm still saying have, he's you not still coming. have Alec, and you still have Robert Rivers. It's yeah. played a little bit, you yeah. know. I you, you just kind of, for me anyway. I didn't expect Witherspoon to kind of make the splash that he's kind of made. Yeah. Now there's other guys, and we'll I guess rotate we'll this. Go somebody, yeah. But uh, but Lee Witherspoon is going to be a guy. That I think you hear his name a lot more than you originally thought you would coming into just this year. just to ha- say him again because they're ridiculous. Witherspoon's senior year, two thousand eight hundred and forty six yards rushing, on hundred and forty eight carries. He averaged nineteen point two yards per carry. Think about nineteen point yards point two yards. If I said you got that per catch. That's a great seat. You probably lead the SEC. That's per carry. 
He scored 59 touchdowns, which is an Alabama all-classifications all record. His, his offensive coordinator is quoted in this story uh, from uh, Kegs and Eggs, Adam Kramer, who I linked that story out. Check it out. They had 12 touchdowns called back for penalties. So he should have had 71 touchdowns. That's basically one out of every two carries he scored. Right, look, Nick Chubb, that's, that's, that's a big tag. All right, we'll see. And I, he certainly doesn't look like Nick Chubb. Because Nick Chubb, if you, I'll never forget that picture of him at the high school track meet where it looked like somebody had just gotten done sculpting him out of uh, out of granite. <laughs> but I, my ears perked up. and I, I, As soon as he said it, I was across from Steve Robertson. And I looked up at him, and he looked up at me, and we caught each other's eye, and we were like... And in our, we had the conversation, the, the psychic conversation of, did he say Nick Chubb? Yeah. And Steve was like, yes, he did say Nick Chubb. <laughs> <laughs> we just, I just nodded at him, and we went on. And got that, that's a big comparison. We'll see. Yeah, Daryl Williams said it, too. too and, and Nick uh, Gibson and, and, and Kyler Nick, Hill. Nick Gibson yeah. said it, too. You know, my, fa- my favorite thing, though, that, that Nick Gibson said about Lee Witherspoon, we were asking him about, about Lee, obviously, and I think it was Tyler Horka had asked, Nick, you know, how much does he bring up all these video game numbers that he put up in high school? And and, and Tyler kind of gave Nick some of the numbers that you just gave. And Nick said, didn't even know it till you said it. Like he's like he never brags, he never yeah. talks. He's like he's really quiet. Also, real quick, <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's 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 pretty cool that this is a guy that apparently is a dude that's just came in and doesn't talk a lot of trash, just keeps his mouth shut, and he's opening eyes. Something to think about here too. Returned one kickoff in high school. 80-yard touchdown. Returned 10 punts, three touchdowns. He averaged 36 yards a return. Lee Witherspoon in high school was Bo Jackson on Tech Mobile. Yeah. He, he played defense a little bit. One pick. He took it all the way back. Oh, and this is the best part of the story, by the way. He fumbled once. His mom took away his cell phone for a week. <laughs> Go, mama. That's I like her. Is this a guy who can make a special team splash? We haven't we didn't talk about him the other day. No, and, and you know I haven't heard his name mentioned. Um, might in, have in to talking, ask that, but that's a good question. Might have to ask that. We talked to Terry Richardson on uh, Wednesday. Maybe we ought to. I, I imagine that's this will be another topic of conversation. You know, I I think a freshman in special teams and return games, especially like punt return kind of thing. It, in my, I kind of get a little scared of that because you remember was it uh it was Jamal Graham wasn't it as a freshman. That got put out there and and just I don't know it was almost like it wrecked his confidence a little bit. When, when, when it's when it's smoky, when it's mm-hmm. more ground that, that uh, botched a punt or two, and I don't know when when I think of freshmen doing that with SEC gunners running lanes at you, I, I get a little little nervous when I when I start thinking about uh, true freshmen in the special teams game. But hey, if he's got the talent to do it and he's got the nerves to do it, and from all indications, you know, he's come in with poise, so we'll see what happens. But I, yeah. I do think in one way or another, Lee Witherspoon, a guy that I didn't necessarily think coming into the year that you'd, we'd say would, his name would much, you, I think If we had to. done this show last week, would Lee Witherspoon have been the first guy you said? No. Yeah, we just picked up this new information, no. yeah. No, I, I mean, Saturday, Joe talked about him a good bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, and now So did Tony Hughes. Yeah, Tony Hughes did, and, and now we've had Nick Chubb's name thrown around talking about No, if, you, if we'd had this show a week ago – I don't know that he would have been on the list at all yeah. of guys that I would have mentioned under the radar, and here he is, the first guy off my tongue. So yeah, let's uh, let's let's go to the defense for my my first guy here that I want to talk about, and it's not a guy; it's it's a group of guys. We've talked so much about Chauncey Rivers, 
I feel like we have not talked enough about Kobe Jones, Marquise Spencer, and Fletcher Adams. Those three guys, I feel confident they are going to combine for at least 12 to 13 sacks. I feel very confident those three guys are going to do that. They're going to get at least four sacks apiece. State has, to not have a return, and it's the same at the safety position, to not have a true returning starter, they have a crazy amount of depth that has already played and contributed in college football, SEC football games. Fletcher Adams has gotten sacks in SEC football games. So has Kobe Jones. So has Marquis Spencer. Spencer coming off that injury, he missed all last season. Um, we, we, we've, we've put so much on, on Chauncey Rivers to sort of be the guy that replaces Montez Sweat. But you also have to replace Gary Green. Yeah. I mean, who was very good for you a season ago. These three guys, I think, I, I, I like State's defensive. You know, obviously not the top-end talent that some teams are going to have. You know, there, there's no... Uh, there's, I'm trying to think of who, you know, the top ends in the conference off the top of my head. I can't do it, but there's no top, there's no high, high end all SEC guy there, maybe beyond Rivers. But those three guys are very, very, very solid. No doubt about it. And, and I think that, that Mississippi State knows that. We haven't, we haven't heard any discussion whatsoever about any concerns at the ends. If anything, State has an abundance of options at the ends because for all the guys that you just mentioned, and I agree that, that Spencer and, and Kobe Jones and Fletcher Adams and those guys are going to play big roles. I mean, we heard Bob Shoup the other night talk and, and give praise to uh, who was Aaron Odom. He, he kind of gave him some praise as, as a guy that that uh, might get to step in if there's an injury, you know, a depth issue. He said he's done well. Um, DeMonte Russell is a guy that he said – that Bob Shute said he thought could work his way onto the field in some third-down situations for State. I believe on media day, which I know that was a couple weeks ago now, but um, I think that that Shute had kind of mentioned DeMonte Russell as possibly one day in his career being somewhat sweat-like. And, and DeMonte Sweat, I'll have to go back and, and check that transcript, but he was talking about, I think DeMonte Russell is number nine, too. So uh, he, he's kind of stepping into the sweat jersey, and, and he's kind of having – opening some eyes with his ability to do that. But, yeah, you're right. I think that that group of ends as a whole is going to be a major strength of this defense. And, you know, Shoup was talking the other day, too, about how in third-down situations State might do kind of like they did last year, apparently, and and put several of these ends out there, you know, move move one to the inside kind of deal. And when you when you hear, hear them talking about that, that just lets you know that there is a plan in place to – limit the weakness that might be the interior of that defensive line. Um, I kind of like how Shoot pointed it out the other day, that a lot of these guys on the interior of the line, they really only have the Lee Autrys and Kendall Joneses and, you know, Fabian Lovett to the world. These guys are only, in an ideal situation, going to have to be first and second down guys because on third down you can use some of these defensive ends and move them inside and and create a, a pass rush scenario creating havoc and stuff. So, State believes in these guys like you, and, and I think you're right. We've talked about Chauncey until we're out of breath with him, but the rest of these guys, really darn good too. Why don't you give me a defensive player you're looking at that's a little underrated? Ah, uh, an underrated defensive guy. Um, I think – I don't know if you – can you – I don't know if you can call a senior underrated. Okay. But we talk so much about Errol Thompson and mm-hmm. Willie Gay. Oh, I know where you're going. And Leo Lewis. Mm-hmm. Tim Washington's played a ton of football. Yeah. 
And look, Willie's Willie's banged up right now. Uh, don't know what his availability will be early in the season. Um, you, you just I know that Moore had said that he hopes he's back for ULL game prep kind of deal. But, you know, whether it's Willie or whether it's one of these other guys that stepped down, State's got to feel pretty doggone good about what they've got at linebacker, even beyond those first two or three guys. I mean, I haven't looked up his stats, but Tim Washington's played, what, like every game the last two or three years? Basically, yeah. I mean, it's it's not like there's you're going to be running out of freshmen or something behind him. I don't know that that's – with a guy that's played that much, I don't know if that's an under the radar guy. Um, well, I mean, but he's, he's a guy that the fourth linebacker mentioned at best, and he, even then, I think a lot of people would say, "Well, you know, they've got Thompson and Lewis and Gay, and they got some exciting freshmen and, and Johnson and Watson and Brule, and then you just sort of Washington sort of gets left in the out of the crowd there." If I can't go with him, I'll go with Fred Peters because okay. I've heard I've heard Shoop talk about him a good bit, and it seems like he's a guy that just mentally fits in at Mississippi State. We've heard. The coaches talk about how he fits in with the Mississippi State culture. And uh, right now, Shoup said he's a backup nickel, and, and when State runs a dime package, he's, you know, one of the guys, you know, one of the front-line guys in the dime package. So he's a guy that's going to be on the field some, and, and I know Shoup was high on him in the spring. Um, and he is a guy that, that hadn't been talked a ton about this fall camp. So I, if I can't go with my, my senior in Tim Washington, I'll go with Fred Peters. All right. I like that. I'll give you an offensive guy that I'm, I've, I've got an eye on. And I think I've mentioned him before, but when it comes to like a freak of nature, Jaquarius Spivey is that guy. All right. Monster. Absolute physical specimen. Uh, and a guy, I think Farad Green will be the leader of this tight end group. And I think he, he's, you know, he's got the, 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 the tools to have a big season. You know, and big is relative. I'm not saying anybody, I don't think anybody on this team is going to catch 60, 70 passes. But could Farad Green be a 30-catch guy, five, four or five touchdowns? Sure, and that would be plenty. be great for the other tight end position. But I think you're going to see Spivey make plays that make you go, whoa, all season long. I think he's going to, a guy that, you know, too big for, for defensive backs, too fast for linebackers. I think he's a matchup problem. Uh, every, time I, every time I watch him play, I'm just like, a person that big should be playing defense. I mean, I just I don't understand why he's not a defensive end. My guess is if he was, he'd be a freak over there too. But I'm very intrigued by him. I think he's a guy that going forward, you know, he and Cumbus really look like a couple of NFL guys. Now I don't know if Cumbus is going to be an NFL guy or an MLB guy. He, I, yeah. My my guess is he's going to have his choice in that. Uh, he'll have to make a decision. But Spivey is definitely a guy that I look at and. He looks like that new wave of tight end that you know, sort of Antonio Gates sort of brought forward, yeah. and you know, he, you know, a guy who looks like he could be playing. If he lost twenty pounds, he'd be a power forward. Yeah, just just a very exciting young player in my opinion. Yeah, big big guy. Uh, <laughs> a little bit just made me think back to my childhood. I say childhood. I guess I was in junior high, but Connor Stevens, of course, Mississippi State d- defensive yeah. end. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, he played tight end in high school. At Ackerman, and uh, got got to see him do that a little bit, and so I see these big, spivey and cumbus out there playing tight end. It kind of makes you think of that. Here's my question to you, though, and I, I think you're right. I, I think spivey has a chance to have a, a, a bigger impact than some think. But if you had to bet today, who has the most catches at the end of the year, Dante Jones or spivey? Spivey. You think spivey? Yeah. yeah, I sort of think that Dante Jones' ship has sailed. Yeah, which is a shame. I thought coming out of Louisville. He was a player that could have played. If he had gotten to state his first year, I think he had the potential to be a, a good player for Michigan. But I think it's just 
I think the ship has just sailed on him. You know, I think they're going to want to get those young guys in the rotation, and Farad's the senior and the leader. So that's going to be your rotation, I think, more than anything else. Uh, some breaking news. I, I might know. I might know what you're saying. Let's see if I know that you've already you've already uh, seen at this point if, if you're listening to the podcast. But uh, Steve Robertson of twenty four seven dot com of Jeans Page has updated that Devontae Jason has returned to Starkville and will be staying at Mississippi State. So that's good news. That's very good news. Good news beyond MSU football team. Good news that Devontae Jason has gotten the 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 personal business taken care of and all appears to be well on the home front. That's more important than you know him catching passes. Good news. Great, great to hear. Steve with the scoop on that one. All right. We have gotten all the way here to the SEC previews. It is time to wrap them up with the Mississippi State Bulldogs, uh, the team that Joel and I, we know a thing or two about. Not much. That's right. Uh, not going to say I don't know with Mississippi State. Right. Because quite frankly, I'm not saying I know everything about Mississippi State, but if there is one team that I should know more about any other, it'd be Mississippi State. So hit me with it. Let's go. Let's start then. Let's start with this first game. Louisiana in New Orleans in the Superdome, 11 a.m. kickoff. Tell you, tell you one thing about Louisiana, and we'll talk about them a lot more next week when we preview them, but uh, a lot of experience returns for them. They they bring back a ton on offense. And Napier, to me, good play caller. I think he's going to get that program back where Hudspeth has it. That said, State's just better than them, and they'll win and probably win easily. So 1-0. Agreed. All right. <laughs> He's not the best color man in the business for nothing, folks. Uh, that broadcast school is really, really paying off. off there, Joel. Uh, game two uh, against uh, USM. Again, Southern, good quality. Uh, as, as group of five opponents go, Southern's a good one. Good defense. I think that's going to be a very intense football game. Southern's definitely going to come up here and give it their best. But, again, State's just more talented. They're going to win. They'll be 2 and 0. I concur. Very good. Very good. <laughs> I, I don't really know what to add in these these yeah. days. I mean, what do you say? I, all I can say is, can you imagine the disaster if state's not like 2 and 0? If they're 0 and 2 or something or 1 and 1. If state's anything but 2 and 0, then Morehead is going to have a hell of a time getting people into the stadium for week 3. Uh, yeah, you lose to USM, I mean, you that bubble will pop. There will be no support for Joe Morehead. That said, I have. I'm. We're talking about it like it's. It's, it's not going to happen. It's not going to. If it happens, if Southern beats State, that's one of the biggest upsets in in the history of the university. I mean, that's right up there with South Alabama. So bigger than Maine. Maine's number one. It'd be, t- be difficult <laughs> because you lost to a bad FCS school. It's a, that wasn't Apple App State coming to Michigan when they had won national titles. That was a bad. They finished like four and six. Oh. Wow. He's made me think about that game. Uh, week three against Kansas State. New look team. Different Kansas State than we saw a season ago. I'm interested to see them. I think that long term, they have a chance to be successful in the Big 12 with this guy, uh, Chris Kleiman. But but again, State just so much better up front. I think they'll dominate that and win the game. Yeah, so 3-0. It, it feels like it should be an easy 3-0. and And, and I, I'm real. It was I, last year. I'm kind of like you. I'm. I'm more interested to see how State wins the games yeah. than, than if State wins the games because you feel like you feel like they're gonna win the games and, and maybe that's putting the cart before the horse. But for for State to have a season that you get to the end of it and, and think it's either acceptable or really good or, or whatever, they gotta start three and There there's no path to a a good season without a three and start. 
No, you're right. All right, week four, the re- first revenge chance for the season uh, as Kentucky comes down here. I've said before, I'll say again, Kentucky, they're going to take a step back this year. There's almost no no chance of that not happening. They just lost so much. Um, and Terry Wilson isn't a quarterback that scares me. You know, just just yeah, very efficient passer, but he's not a guy that I think you can just go out there and, and say, okay, beat me with your arm. I don't think it's he. I don't think he can do it. Yeah, I'm going to take state to get to four and zero and beat Kentucky. Yeah, I am too. And this is such a. I, I think last year, you know, playing Kentucky though, I know they had more weapons than they've got this year. So there's that. But this was the game last year where the the bubble popped a little bit. Yeah, I mean, oh, there wasn't any little bit to it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, so it again, it's a it's a huge game, and and it, this kind of fits in the same category as the first three in that if state's going to have a season that you get to the end of it and everybody kind of claps their hands and say, you know what, that was that was pretty good. That was acceptable. Feel good about things moving forward, whatever. I think you can lump Kentucky in there with those three non-con games too. And State almost has to start 4-0 if you want to keep the fan base mentally sane, I think. And uh, I, I think anything other than, than 4-0 and, and you're going to start hearing, you know, the – more head bashing and everything else. You 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 about got to start four and zero here, and I I think they will. States. I'm interested to see how Tommy will go ahead and say he's the starter, even though nobody else is. Nobody's officially said it. Right. You feel like Tommy's gonna have a shot to 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 orchestrate a more balanced offense. Yeah. And if that's the case, State should be fine in the first four games. I agree. All right, then game five is sort of the real test. Then at that point. Uh, as the Bulldogs uh, hit the road uh, for the first real road game of the season. The, 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 the UL game, I feel like there will be a sizable MSU contingent there. But they go to Auburn, a team I have said many times I am not that high on. Uh, but it's a tough environment. Last time State went over there, they got manhandled. Um, have they named a starter? They have not. Arkansas, Arkansas. Auburn is still between Bo Nix, the five-star true freshman, and son of uh, Patrick Nix, former uh, Auburn quarterback, and four-star redshirt freshman Joey Gatewood. Yeah. I knew uh, it was down between those two. I, I, I knew I, I had seen it. I think, it. and I, you know, I don't, I don't know. Our friend Brandon Marcello would know more than us, but I think it's going to end up being Bo Nix there, the, the, the true freshman. So, you know, and they'll be a little more more battle tested because they play Oregon in Week One. They'll have already played. They'll have already gone to Texas A and M. So, battle tested. But they could also have two losses on their schedule, and this could become some sort of crazy. Gus loses and he's out the door on Monday kind of game. A lot going on with this game for me. What do you think? Yeah, this. I'd love to know where Auburn sits coming into this game. Because, I mean, it could already be dumpster fire city on the plains by the time State gets there. Um, quite frankly, with that program, it wouldn't shock anybody if it's chaos. It seems like chaos reigns around Gus Malzahn and, mm-hmm. and he, that program. He's an agent of chaos. <laughs> Some men just like to watch the world. That's 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 that is Gus Malzahn, yes. Um as we sit here today, and I may have a d- different opinion of this when it gets time, but as we sit here today, I'm going to slightly favor Auburn in this game. Okay. That's um, fair. Uh, on the road, state has struggled to add Auburn. Gus does Gus is coaching for his job. I don't care what his contract says. You know, he's not coaching to keep his money. <laughs> He'll get paid no matter what happens, I guess. But he, he's coaching to keep his job. And, 
you know, he, he's got the, the, the play calling and all that back now, and they look really good against Purdue in the bowl game. So it, Auburn seems to work better for whatever reason when, when Gus is calling the shots offensively. I mean, if Bo Nix is your quarterback, I don't like running a true freshman out there in the SEC. So, I, I mean, I could make a, an easy case that Mississippi State goes down there and wins. But as we sit here today, I'm slightly, and by slightly I mean like 51%, to 49% leaning towards Auburn. I am going to pick Auburn in this game, but I'm with you on that. That you know, If this was at home, I'd take State. I think that, you know, what, what do I always say? Coach, quarterback, uh, where's the game? Coach and coach to me, I'm not a huge Malzahn fan, but he's got a, a better record than Moorhead. Proven, more proven track record. Uh, quarterback, I mean, you're talking about a, a guy who's played a lot, you know, not, not played a lot, but he's been around in Stevens versus, you know, the nation's number one dual threat quarterback a season ago. I mean, he, he's got the pedigree, and then it's it's at Auburn. That that's the tipping point for me. So it, at Auburn right now, I mean, we're talking. Said pick a score. I mean, twenty seven, twenty four, close, close yeah. game. But I'll take Auburn to win. Can I stop you right here for just a second? We're sure. only five games into this thing. Yeah, and maybe this should be a question I ask you at the end of this thing, but. We're we're picking these games as though Tommy Stevens is your starting quarterback. Yes, I, I think that's a doggone safe assumption. But if for whatever reason that we have not foreseen that, you know, Joe Moorhead has talked about how he's leaning a certain direction. If for whatever reason we're completely wrong and he's leaning Keaton and Keaton's your starter, does your picks change no, at all? Not, not to this it? point, no. Okay, and really not at all to be honest with you. If he beats out Tommy Stevens, I think he'll be he's the guy. Okay, all right. Uh, by week and then at Tennessee. This, this is where the season swings. It, one and one, everything's okay. 0 oh and two, now we're, we're going to have some issues going forward. I don't think that's going to be the case. I think it'll be one and one. I think they win this game at Tennessee. Uh, I think, I think, I, I, I'm not a Pruitt believer, but I think he's going to get that going. You know, I want to see it first, but right now, if you just said, is he going to get it going? Yeah, I think so. But I don't think he'll ever get it going like late 90s, Tennessee. Everything is there for them to return to prominence. I just there's no reason they can't be doing what Clemson does and just go in there and get those players out of, out of Georgia that that Clemson's getting. And they can recruit nationally. They have the support. They just haven't had the right coaches in there. I I, I don't know. I don't know that they can never get back. But I think, you know, five years ago I wouldn't have told you that Georgia was going to be doing what it's doing either. That's fair. So it's all about in college football. It's all about the right coach. If I was Tennessee, you know what I would do. I call Nick Saban and be like, I'll give you $25 million a year. I mean, he's totally worth it. Can you imagine if, if he left Alabama for Tennessee and they gave him $25 million a year? It would be the funniest thing ever. <laughs> I would laugh so hard. It would be hilarious. <laughs> right up until Dabo said, I'm coming home. And then I'd be like, ah, oh, we can't do anything. <laughs> but, yeah, uh, I think State wins that game to go to 4-1 and one on the season. All right. Uh, next- I didn't get to pick. Not gonna let me pick uh, you. You nodded your head. I thought you said yes. Did you not say yes? <laughs> I've been saying since from the get go that yeah. I'm not high on Tennessee at all. So all yeah, right. I got State winning. This I game. think State gets its second loss the next week when they come back to play LSU. That game is not unwinnable because that that series for some reason ten years ago that series was every year thirty one to nothing, forty eight to three, something like that. It's gotten closer. You know, State's hasn't lost badly. I mean, last year the, the loss was bad, but they were in the game. Uh, but I think LSU just a little better. They're not, they're not even a little bit. They're just better. They're better than Mississippi State. Uh, I'll take the Tigers to win. They yeah. probably win something like 
31 14. Yeah, I, I had like 30, I was going to say 31 21 or something like that. Yeah, but, something like that. Um, yeah. I, is this the, no, I guess Auburn would qualify. I was going to say, is this the first, is this the first game that you look at? And because, you know, last year it was those four SEC games and state scored what, seven, six, three, and zero or something like that. You know, you, you, you've mentioned that a million times on the podcast the last month. Um, Maybe you can qualify, throw Auburn in there as one of the first big tests. But then again, State scored 28 on Auburn last year. So maybe the LSU is the first really big defensive test yeah. State sees all year. I don't know. Either way, um, I'm interested to see if State can move the football against LSU. Uh, a really good defensive team year in and year out. Win, lose, or draw, I think it would be good for State to see a Joe Moorhead offense show that it can against a really good team hit some big plays here and there, get on the scoreboard. Um, I don't want to say that this is a moral victory game, but it may be one of those instances where if you just put up 21, 28 points or something like that and, and prove that you can have a fight and chance offensively against some of these teams, that'd be big going forward, I think. But anyway, yeah, picking the game, you, you got to favor LSU as we sit here today. Yeah, I think so. All right. Uh, I think it's going to be back-to-back losses for the Bulldogs because the next week they travel to Texas A&M. Uh, A&M, they're improving – uh, it's a tough game on the road, obviously. Again, with my my three pronged approach, uh, Fisher better than Moorhead. It's on the road. You know, I like and I like Kellen Mond. I think he's a pretty good player. You know, he's he's not. He could be the third team All SEC quarterback just because he's going to put up stats, and he's like almost guaranteed to do that. So I'll take State to lose this game as we sit here today and have fall to four and three. To me, so far, this is the hardest pick. Okay, because. If there's any team in the SEC that I don't necessarily trust at home, it's A&M. It seems like since they've been in the league, That's home, fair. home doesn't matter. They have not had a great home record in the SEC, no question. And State has dominated. They've owned them. Four of the last five. Uh, I may change this. As we sit here so today, may I, so may I. As we sit here today, I'm kind of – it's the reverse of the Auburn game. I'm going to slightly favor State, like okay. 5140. <laughs> if I gave it a percent, it's I'm not 100 percent convinced State's going to win the game. But if you just told me to pick it today, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with State. Uh, they they have. I, I know that nationally, if this game is looked at, A and M's the bigger brand or whatever, and a lot of people would would go with A and I'm I'm sure Vegas probably would favor A and M, but. I mean, I, I just look at what these two programs have been the last few years, and and A&M haven't been good at home, and states kicked their tail, like like you said, for the last five years. So I, I'm just gonna I'm gonna go with state, and so that, I guess for me that puts state at five and two. And if you're sitting, if state's sitting at five and two after seven games, yeah, they're in great shape. Absolutely, probably gonna they're going nine and three. I think they're going eight and four with me. You know, at this point you got a little bit of that malaise of, you know, oh, they've lost two in a row, but they're gonna be fine. So. You look at the month of November. I'm real quick. I'm trying to do this. I'm trying to get the uh, the, the numbers here for you. Good pod. So, I know. Hey, why why you wait? Uh, D- Dakota Hudson. Yeah, yeah, I saw that. Yeah, it was is, that was that what you thought I was going to break? Yeah, I did. Uh, th- there's seven innings into this deal. Hudson was actually pulled after six and two thirds for the Cardinals, but mm. the the cards are now that Hudson's out of the game. I'll say the word. Cards are no hitting the Brewers through seven innings, and Dakota Hudson through the first six and two thirds of that. So yeah. Anyway, good bulldog news there. Yeah. While, while we wait on Brian to 
I'm almost, out, I'm almost done. Yeah, are you going through a file cabinet? What are you doing? Something like that. <laughs> Sorry. I'm just trying to get I'm trying to get these numbers right. Twelve. All right. They didn't lose one last year, but prior to that, AM has lost twelve games since they joined the conference. Twelve conference games at home. Yeah, so, that's so they average so what they that was that was this is that was in six years. They were averaging at least two a year. They had one year where they lost three. I mean you're one and three at home in the conference. Yeah, nah, that's that's rough. And probably most of that was the last four or five years because I'm sure Manziel, you know, uh, Manziel his, was decent at home. Manziel's first year they lost to Florida, they lost to LSU, and they lost to somebody else, didn't they? That's, All that at home. Yeah, both oh, those okay. games were at home. They they beat yeah they beat LSU they beat Arkansas at home and they beat Missouri at home. The next year, in 2013, they lost to Alabama at home, lost to Auburn at home. That's right. Manziel beat Alabama in Tuscaloosa, Tuscaloosa. didn't he? Yeah. The next year, they lost, yeah, two games. They lost to Alabama, to Auburn, and to – and that's it. They lost those two games at home. So, yeah, he he lost four games at home. Wow. All right. uh, Speaking of Arkansas, that will be the uh, the next game. I think State wins that game very easily. Arkansas is just not ready for primetime just yet. So I'll move state to five and three. You've got them at six and two. Yep. We'll both put a loss on the schedule now because after the bye week they're going to play Alabama. Just interested to see again. It's sort of like you said. How do they lose? Yeah. You know, if if this year, they lost twenty four nothing last year. And it does seem too when the game is in Starkville for mm-hmm. whatever reason, no matter how good Alabama is, except for fifteen. Yeah. Yeah. There's always yeah those games every now and then, but most times states in the game. Yeah. In Starkville for whatever reason. So we'll see what happens. Yeah. If they lose thirty one to to. to 14 or something like that. Nobody's going to complain. Yeah. So I've got them now. You've you've got them uh, seven and three. Yep. And I've got them six and four. But they'll close out the season with two wins, in my opinion. They'll beat Abilene Christian, and I think they'll win the Egg Bowl uh, to for the second year in a row. It'll be the first home team to win since 2014, and the first back-to-back wins since uh, same thing 14 to 15. I guess that's not technically true though. Technically, according to the rule book, not true. There's a vacation in there, so we're not the good kind either. But that said, uh, I think State wins the game. And they, I haven't finished at 8-4. You've got them 9-3. and three. Wow. All this angst, all the hand-wringing we've been doing all summer. Oh, I don't know, the quarterback. 8-4, and 9-3. and three. Are we homers? Yes. But if you look at this game from the terms of an odds maker, I bet I picked State. I bet State's favored in every game I picked them to win. And probably for me, too, except for 8 Well, 8-0 is our only difference. I think that's true. They, I don't think. I think they'll be favored against Tennessee. So yeah, and they could be favored against Auburn. It just depends. If Auburn comes in that game two and two, and State's four and zero, oh, Auburn's not going to be much more than a three point favorite, which means on a neutral field, State would be a three point favorite. So yeah, it, it, it's not really being a homer. It's just that's that's the way the schedule plays out. I mean, if gosh, man, if State's nine and three, are they in a then a one of the New Year's six? Nine and three, they're in one of the New Year's Six. Yeah, yeah. They're a top fifteen team. They're probably playing in the Cotton Bowl or the Peach Bowl. Or, I don't know the playoff bowls off the top of my head, right? Yeah. There. Like what? What? I don't know who's going to Sugar or whatever. But I mean, they would have an outside chance at the Sugar because I think I, I, as I said here today, I believe Auburn, Alabama and Georgia are going to the playoff. Both of them. I think I think Georgia will lose its only game of the year in the SEC championship game to Alabama, and they will get a, a shot at redemption in the playoff. Um, so then, yeah, you could be looking at. I don't know if the Sugar Bowl is a playoff ball, but if it's not, State can make its first trip there. If you're right, but by the same token, eight and four, Music City, Belk, you know. 
I mean, they just, still haven't been to Texas yet. It, it's just crazy because you know how down everybody was on this team after the yeah. after the bowl last year. The schedule's and, just and to good. sit here and think a year later, we just did predictions and have state with an outside shot at the Sugar Bowl. I mean, that's crazy to to even even think that that that, that things can turn that quickly. But you're right, man. The, the schedule sets up nicely, and if if Tommy is the quarterback, or even if Keaton's the guy, and and states offensively better, mm-hmm. why can they not win eight or nine games? Exactly, but they have to be offensively better. So we're we're banking on that. Yeah, I will be able to give you my confidence in this pick after week three. After I've seen three games and I see what the offense looks like, and if Stevens has been consistent in every game and is completing 61 percent of his passes at that point, even better. You know, it, the better, the better. Obviously, then I'll tell you for sure. But until then, eight eight and four. Seven and five would mean they lose at Tennessee. I think. And I, I just don't think that's going to happen. I could be wrong, but I don't think it's going to happen. State's eight and four. Mm-hmm. Me and you's going to go to Nashville. Nashville. State hasn't been to Houston yet. Oh, that's right. That's right. I wonder if they would send them out there. That's the only one they haven't been to. I'd rather. I don't want to say I'd rather go to Nashville. I'll tell you why. I'd rather, I'd go, rather to, go to Nashville just because I'm I'd, gonna, I'd rather go to Houston for two reasons: barbecue. Ooh. And that stadium is indoors. Yeah. Not to freeze. Didn't think about that. So something to think about. All right. I just like Nashville. Uh, Nashville's a great town. Don't get me wrong. Love it. But I like Houston too. I want to go get one of those turkey legs that I saw Andy Staples tweeting about. Did you see that? Oh, I saw that. I want to go get one. It's of like those. stuffed with stuffed the... with shrimp alfredo. A turkey leg stuffed with shrimp alfredo and dirty rice. How does that even work? I don't know. I'd rather eat that than pumpkin spice pan. By the way, let me tell you why everybody who voted for a hot dog ice cream sandwich was wrong. I'll tell you why you were wrong. If I took some pumpkin spice spam and fried it up in a pan, put it in a tortilla with like a little hot sauce and some cheese, that's a perfectly acceptable taco. All right, the hot sauce will mask the. Nasty. That wasn't the question, though. I'm just saying, it's, how are you going to? I didn't. I didn't say how you were going to eat it. But I, I think that. The, I mean, who eats raw spam? You're just going to take it out of the thing and eat a big chunk of it? No, you got to cook it. But a hot dog ice cream sandwich, there's no, there's no treating that. So you just got to eat it. It's hot dog ice cream. Also, somebody asked if it was if a hot dog was a sandwich. No, it's not. But an ice cream sandwich is a is a sandwich, and it's hot dog ice cream. So it's a hot dog ice cream sandwich, yep. not a hot dog sandwich with ice cream in it. Yes, that's right. the The exterior, I don't even know if you call it a bun mm-hmm. on an ice cream sandwich, but whatever you call it, it does it's not separate. Touch. It does it's not separate. Touch. There you go. There we go. All right. Time to get started. Time to get this this pick competition. Joel one and zero in these competitions. I lifetime, I believe, I am one and five in these competitions. I have never been good at these, which is crazy because for Bob, Bob just picked I think like uniform colors and mascot names. Where did you pick to eat the one year you won? Commodore Bob's. Okay, and I I put it to him, boy. Let me tell you. Uh, but that said, we're going to get started here. Manny versus Danny, Gators versus Hurricanes, Florida versus the U. They signed. They just signed a new deal. By the way, they're going to play a home and home with each other as well. So good, good for Florida. Florida, I think. I think they signed a deal last year. I think they're playing like Colorado or somebody, which will be their first non-conference game outside the state of Florida in like 25 years. Jeez. They only play conference games, non-conference games at home, or they've played Miami or Florida State. That's it. And they played, they've gone to Miami and they've gone to Florida State. That's it. They don't go, they've never traveled outside the state of Florida for a non-conference. Have they game. not played one of those? Random. Okay, yeah, take neutral back. Neutral site. They, they played. They played, but that that counts as a neutral site game. I'm talking about a road game. They haven't played one. 
So, uh, that said, uh, this is a neutral site game as well, but I think it'll be a pro Florida crowd for sure. Uh, I like the Gators. I'll take the Gators to start the season off 1 0. Well, we're not going to have any separation. No week separation one. week one. Because, uh, you know what, Manny? Uh, 50% of the teams are going to lose this week, and uh, this week's your turn. It's your turn. It's your half. You're the other half. You're the losing half. All right. Good talk. All right. So, next, tomorrow on the show, uh, opponent preview. I guess I need to get. Uh, no, 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 we'll set that for Thursday. Tomorrow will be a... Uh, we got the rumblings. Oh, yeah. We're probably going to talk about it on the show. <laughs> Please send us your questions uh, for the rumblings for our, our mailbag segment. We will talk about whatever you want to talk about, plus a few other things uh, as we get closer and closer. To- it's fan takeover day. That's right. All right, guys. Have a great Tuesday. Back with you on Wednesday for Joel T. Coleman. I'm Brian Hayda. Thanks for listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk. On this day Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.